PFF NFL Daily today, breaking down our friend Lance Zerline's mock draft over at NFL.com. And Sam, definitely wanted to highlight this one because it's another person putting Trayvon Walker at number one overall, the Georgia edge defender. I mean, I thought he was getting hot, you know, just a couple weeks ago, but the buzz is getting even louder and louder that Trayvon Walker could go number one overall when I think a few weeks ago it seemed like it was locked in that it was Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan so Walker at number one overall is the first big part of Lance's mock draft over at NFL.com yeah and I'm sure Lance is hearing it from smart sources Lance is connected he talks to people that are involved in these decisions but just in terms of what we would do what should happen the more I watch the more I look into it the more I think Trayvon Walker at number one overall, Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson is just nuts. It makes no sense to me. I can I can see an argument for Trayvon Walker's freakish athleticism putting him above guys like George Karlaftis or Jermaine Johnson. I, I don't know that it's necessarily a great argument, but I can see it. Um, I can kind of entertain the argument that you put him above Kayvon Thibodeau if you believe that the... Uh, the work ethic stuff, the drive, the whatever it is, the, the off-field things that are making Thibodeau potentially slide, if you believe that those are real. I just see literally zero argument to put him above Aiden Hutchinson, who has both ridiculous athleticism and ridiculous production at the college level. The only difference between the two guys is essentially arm length. So what you're saying is that the difference between uh, Aiden Hutchinson, 32-inch arms, and Trayvon Walker's longer arms is the difference between, not only is it the difference between the two, but it's enough to offset the fact that Hutchinson was a dramatically better college player uh, than Walker is. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, look, I, I, athleticism matters. You know, all that stuff, projection matters. It's just really tough because, as we've said over and over here, the risk is the, fa- the fact that you haven't seen Trayvon Walker win at a high rate, right? You just haven't seen it yet at Georgia, even when he was unleashed to go win reps. So that's the biggest issue, I, th- I think, with comparing him to Hutchinson and maybe even some of those other edges at the top. Um, other interesting parts of this, uh, of this mock draft, the first quarterback off the board is Malik Willis going number 16 to the New Orleans Saints. So you're talking about a lot of the teams in the top 10, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seattle Seahawks, all passing on QBs, and we don't see one go until 16 to the Saints. And then in Lance's mock, at 19, the Saints get Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver. That could be an amazing haul if that plays out like that for the Saints. You get at least, you know, you and I, both of our top quarterback on the board, Jamison Williams, both of our number three receiver off the board. That could be uh, an incredible move here for the Saints if it came true. Yeah, I don't know that the Saints are maneuvering for a quarterback in this draft. It feels like they're going in there with Jameis as their QB. Phil needs try and get a tackle, try and get a wide receiver. But I think if it happened like this and they ended up picking at number 16 and all of the quarterbacks were still on the board, I think they'd probably pick one. And if you know Malik Willis is the guy at the top of their board, I think they'd absolutely jump on him. Um, he's, he's the one with the potential, the guy we've talked about as – Obviously has a special arm, brings a very high floor to the game in terms of what he can do as a rushing threat uh, and could be easily their quarterback of the future. And then to pair him with a guy like Jameson Williams, who has that the speed to you know match his ridiculous arm strength and the ability he has to drop those bombs deep down the field, that's huge for them. You know, Michael Thomas, if he's still there, 
all of a sudden that's a receiving core that that's fun to work with and it's a QB of the future for New Orleans then they can still potentially grab a tackle uh, later on or in the the sort of dregs of free agency just before the season starts that would be a fantastic scenario I think for New Orleans when you read mocks from people like Lance you know Daniel Jeremiah whoever it might be that are pretty well connected around the league I'm always interested in the things that look a little different right from from other mock drafts I think the Malik Willis to the Saints one maybe a little bit but but because of that you have the Steelers picking Kenny Pickett there so from Lance's point of view is this he's you know hometown guy from Pittsburgh right is this him knowing the Steelers might like Kenny Pickett as a fallback option or is this just him saying hey you know that we we know they love Malik Willis but they're going to go with the next best guy in Kenny Pickett so that's my first question the second one though there's a trade up that I don't there might be some intelligence in there but Pickett to Pittsburgh you and I have don't love Kenny Pickett. Maybe not the fit with the Steelers either. Yeah, I I don't know what you're getting out of Kenny Pickett if you're Pittsburgh. Um, I, I think you're treading water this year if you're going with the quarterbacks that they have on the roster, Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, whatever it is. Kenny Pickett, I think certainly in year one, is I don't think he's going to be particularly good right out of the box. Um, the Steelers are a team that perennially contends at least in terms of never having that losing season under Tomlin all those kinds of things so it feels like you want to maneuver for a real replacement for Ben Roethlisberger and I just I just don't see Kenny Pickett as that guy I don't think he has that kind of ceiling now I I do think it's worth pointing out other people do there are people that think you know Kenny Pickett is the one guy from this class who actually could become a decent starting quarterback down the line but I'm not I'm not buying that and to me I don't see I don't see that Pittsburgh should make that pick Here's the trade-up that occurred that is, again, different than other stuff that we've seen. Kansas City Chiefs trading up to get Chris Olave at 23. They trade up with the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals trade down, get Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. But could be a great move for the Chiefs if they could get Olave. I could see this one absolutely happening. And again, I don't know if this is based off intelligence, that this is the guy the Chiefs might be targeting, but absolutely could see them using the extra draft capital to go get a receiver. Yeah, I mean, we did a, a mock draft on the big show um, the other day, and there was a scenario where Kansas City, with that desperate need at wide receiver, having traded away Tyreek Hill, don't really have a receiver of value when they pick. You know, they there could be a run on those wide receivers, and they're all gone. Not all of them, obviously, but the top guys that you're comfortable spending a first-round pick on are all gone at the point Kansas City has their first draft pick. So if they're in striking distance of somebody like Chris uh, Alave, yeah, maybe they absolutely get aggressive enough to make that happen, which though the only downside of that is it kind of compounds the you know the cost of trading away Tyreek Hill and then replacing him uh, with somebody, you know, with the some of the draft haul that you got from it. I want you to go find your best fits in Lance's mock while I tell you about the 50% off this week on PFF Elite Annual. That's right, annual subscription. You get 50% off using the code DRAFT50. You got 365 days of Elite. And that'll get you PFF's locked article content, the draft guide, completely unlocked mock draft simulator, data and grades for the entire 2021 and the upcoming 2022 season. It's promo code DRAFT50 for 50% off a PFF Elite annual subscription. And also PFF is launching Hutch, a four-part podcast series with number one overall NFL draft prospect Aiden Hutchinson. It's coming out today, April 13th. The show includes interviews with Jim Harbaugh, current and former Michigan football players, key members of Aiden's family, media members, and draft analyst check out hutch today april 13th wherever you listen to podcasts any uh fits good good team fits team and player fits that that stand out to you there sam 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've loved the fit of Iki Aquanu to the New York Giants throughout this kind of process. Uh, I've had that happening a lot in mock drafts. Typically at number five, for him to go last to number seven, uh, I think it's great news for the Giants. And in this one, they end up with Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Thibodeau and Aquanu would be a phenomenal haul for the Giants. I was looking at a couple cornerback team fits. The Seattle Seahawks take uh, Derek Stingley at number nine. And you think about the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and what they've done there. Uh, it's been a revolving door at cornerback pretty much since Richard Sherman left. So having Stingley and having that you know potential elite corner for the first time in a while could be huge for the Seahawks. And then Trent McDuffie to the Eagles at 15. Uh, I've mentioned many times McDuffie, I, I love the way he plays zone. He's a little bit undersized, so maybe you don't want him in a press man scheme. It fits with what Philadelphia likes to do. And a nice little pairing if you had Trent McDuffie with Darius Slay on the other side, need and value. So I do love both of those fits as far as corner goes. A couple of other interesting picks that I think it's just worth drawing attention to in terms of unusual and not ones that you see necessarily popping up in the the first round. Um, Travis Jones, the big defensive tackle from Connecticut, goes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 27. That's that's as high as I've seen Travis Jones sneak into the first round. And I, I like it. I think that's uh, an interesting one. And then number 29, that Arizona Cardinals pick. Okay, I this I don't necessarily see the logic here, but Arizona grabbing Brees Hall, the running back, the first running, it might actually be the first running back, first round selection I've seen in this entire mock draft um, saga before this draft. The first time I've seen a running back pop up in the first round. Now, look, Arizona just gave a ton of money to James Conner, $7 million a year to repeat what he did last year. So for them to come back and add a first round running back to me would be kind of crazy. But I like seeing Brees Hall pop up in the first round, not because I think running back should go in the first round, but because I think Brees Hall has as strong a case to be a first rounder than the likes of Najee Harris from a year ago. Uh, The other thing I want to point out, by the way, number 32, Detroit Lions. Lance goes the same route a lot of us have gone. Quarterback at 32 for the Lions. But he goes Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Mm Uh, in our mock, I think we did Desmond Ritter. I've put Sam Howell there before. Again, I, I don't know if Lance has an inkling that it's going to be Corral over some of these other guys, but that uh, QB at 32 strategy from a mock drafting standpoint shows up here once again. It's uh, Lance Sirline's mock draft over at NFL.com. Go check it out. It's a PFF NFL Daily.